Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Welcome back to another episode of Knit a Spell. Knit a Spell. Yeah. We should make a little jingle, maybe. Yeah, every week we'll just start singing a new jingle. How about that? Oh, no. That, that might not be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's it been? How you been doing? Pretty good, you know. Beautiful summer in Seattle. I know. What, can, really- we, what, what could we want more? It's the best, best place to live, summertime. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, always a fan of like the 14-hour days that we have at this point of uh, the year. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, Waking up at 5 a.m. and it's totally bright outside. I personally yep. like it. Most people maybe don't, but I like mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yep. It's yep. amazing. Yep. yep. It's uh, especially inspiring because it makes me want to do a lot more, um, including hang out in my craft slash office room, um, which is conveniently our topic today, which is making a dedicated craft room uh, and how yes. do you want to go into that even as a beginner. Yeah, making space. So I think it's important to have a uh, dedicated space for things. Mm-hmm. Um, if if at least mentally, right? It's, right. and and I mean, as we talk about this topic today, I don't want it to be like, if you don't have like a, you know, five room house or something, you right. can't do it. Like to, to be able to have dedicated space in our minds or dedicated space to say, this is when, or this is how I'm going to do a particular thing, either magic or crafting or both. Um, And making that space is uh, something that when I'm teaching our students magic, we encourage people to make uh, a space, make a dedicated space. It made, it really does make a difference. And there's reasons why that's important, right? Absolutely. So I, I, in this episode, what I think would be fun is to compare why and how we, I teach people to make space for magic And then compare with how you would recommend people and have recommended to people, they make space for crafting. Oh, yes. What do you think? Should we do that? Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) I think people, um, I recommend that people make space for magic because it helps contain the, so, so magic is very much a function of imagination and of visioning and making a space helps to crystallize that vision and contain that imaginative uh, 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 formula so Mm. that I can go to the top of my dresser, look at the altar that I've set up, see the elements and the deities and be in that space very easily, which is Mm. hard to do in our regular mundane world. For sure. Yes, uh, that's a great point and is equally as important with knitting, even if it's just, you know, something small, like a project bag, you know? Yeah, what's the why? Why is it important to have a dedicated, like, space, whatever it might be for knitting or for projects? Sure, yeah. Very similar, like what you said. I mean, it literally contains the project, you know? Um, 
from just something as small as a project bag, which, you know, will keep your yarn safe and your project sort of contained. You know, it's like your little travel bundle of knitting. You could do it anywhere at that point. And, you know, maybe your space at that time is like just your chair, you know, and you bring your bag yeah. to your chair and you sit there and that's your space. You yeah. know, that's where you can do your knitting and maybe you have your TV or, you know, your other things are around you um, right there. It doesn't have to be a whole room. Sometimes just having just just small bag with all of your little yeah. things is just yeah. needed. I think another why for having a space is it's inspiring. Mm. And I think that when you go to a space, whatever it might be, there's something about like, oh, I'm it's right there. It's in front of me. This is a new thing. Mm -hmm. And so I can't, it isn't tucked away somewhere. It's visible and I'm inspired by it. And so I've selected really beautiful items to put there and I'm inspired to do magic and I'm because it's gorgeous and because it's things that I've procured on my own. Right. Mm -hmm, yep. And I remember that when you gifted me with my beginning knit kit, I was digging into that bag and mm -hmm. there's all these new little things. And I'm like, yep. Ooh, what's this thing? What's that thing? So yeah. do you think that's a similar why to have a dedicated space? Oh yeah. And I think that's probably why, um, you know, I mean, people have a craft room obviously, but then also love going to dedicated stores that have that, you know, like a local yarn store is really just like an enormous version of what you in theory want your probably craft room to be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, if we had all the resources in the world, wouldn't we just have like our own magic shop or whatever? <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. So it's a uh, it's almost like bringing that in, you know, you have the yarns that you bought for maybe a specific project and those re-inspire you even if you haven't gotten to it yet. Um or, you know, your little um notions and maybe the way they catch the light and how you display them, you know, all of those things are like mundane objects, but they're magical all together and so inspiring when they um all hit you at once, you know. Right. And I think also there's um this, when I walk, we are lucky, fortunate enough to have a, an entire room dedicated to magic in our mm -hmm. home. And when you open the door and you walk in, there are, all the senses are stimulated by the room. The sights you see, you, so you see your vision of the elements and the statuary and the decor, mm. the scent of oils and herbs, the feeling of it's, it's just the temperature is slightly different in there for some reason. Yeah. The sound, it is slightly quieter in there for some strange, well, it's not strange. It's energetic, right? It's, totally. it's really fascinating, right? Yeah. The feeling in there is just different. When you walk in, it's like suddenly you're in a different place. Mm -hmm. Um. And so there's all of the senses are different in there. And I think that is the thing that a space has. And even if it's a small shelf in, in your room, or if it's a entire room in your home, sure. you know, there is something about like having your senses stimulated that is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially if you're like in a rut or, you know, you just are looking for a new project, uh, just immersing yourself in things that you already have can be very inspiring. Yeah. 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 So that's um, cool. I actually, you know, I, I remember walking into your magic room and you're absolutely right. The feel more than, I mean, the smell obviously is like very like, Ooh, takes you away, but, um, and the sights, but for me, it really was the feel of the room, the energy of the room. It was like, 
you know, the rest of your house was so clean and airy. And then that one room is so it felt concentrated um, in there. And I feel that's similar when I come into my craft slash office room, you know, it's, it's concentrated, you know, there's work to be done. It has a specific feel because that's what you do in there. Um, and I really love that. So it holds the energy of what has happened in that room. Yeah. Right. Yep. There has been crafting in here, whether it's witchcrafting or Mm -hmm. knit crafting. Yeah. Maybe we don't have, you know, oils and herbs, but we certainly have lanolin and wool washes that we use that have scents. So, you know, there's a lot of crossover there. I think lanolin is an oil. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, duh. Ah, Great point, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) So, Let's talk about what the magic spaces look like. And I want to um, start with like a progression because mm-hmm. I think it's important to make this accessible to everyone. I don't want to be exclusive or, you know, anyone can do magic anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I also want to say all of these things, especially from the magic side, are optional. They're tools. Mm. I'm going to quote something from my amazing Uh, late high priestess. She used to say this, you have everything you need to do magic standing naked in the woods. There you go. And what that means is we are magic. We are made of the, of the divine. Mm. And what we have as far as a space, like the earth is sacred. The earth is our temple and you can pick up a stick from the ground or use your finger Mm. And use that as a wand to create and to imagine a magic circle. The things that we are going to talk about as far as a space and as we're talking about different magical tools and concepts, they're all optional. They are to help us with our imagination. Mm -hmm. So from the magical side, these tools are optional. I think from the knitting or making side, some of the tools are a little more practical. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps helpful. I mean, yeah. I've seen people hand knit. Certainly. There's ways blankets. around everything. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, but I think just to know that like you you are, can opt in to many of these things. And certainly with knitting, you don't need to buy the most expensive thing in the world to make it work and to learn. Absolutely. Yep. In fact, uh, I would say that more creative solutions come from not having the ease of simply being able to buy whatever it is that you want. Um, I mean, that's like the whole point of making a sweater, right? You could buy one for $20 or like get one for a dollar at the thrift store. But like, you know, where's where's the magic in there? So, you know, yeah, this is this is the concept. This is the concept of creative constraints. Yes, right. Those constraints drive creativity. So it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. I've actually found that some of my best ideas come from really needing to be forcibly put out of my box. So again, all of these things, just like you said, can be as simple as you want or as elaborate as you want um, and and ultimately have the same outcome. So Right, right. Yes. So what would you say like step one, at least generally, would be for like a magical space? Yeah. So if someone's starting to get into magic and they're interested in you know, setting up a magical space, I would say if you don't have, you know, an extra room laying around empty in your house, Mm -hmm. you can start with a small space. Lots of people start with 
the top of their dresser mm. as a great option for an altar. Mm. One of the reasons is there's often a mirror which can be very helpful to do magical work, to look at yourself in the mirror as you're doing work. And to there's a lot of sort of magic that can be done that way. Mm. Alternatively, you can use a shelf on a wall that you install. Um, so there's a lot of ways to set up a small shelf or the top of your dresser as an altar. It's often a place that's already exists that can be cleared or can be used um, uh, other stuff can be organized or incorporated and that can be dedicated. I often, uh, we often recommend putting a, an altar cloth down. So that's a special piece of fabric that's used only for, uh, this in order to sort of separate this, it's not just the surface of your dresser or of the shelf. It makes it uh, special and just, it makes it distinct from, you know, the mundane shelf that you have. Mm. Um, and then on the altar, you can make it an altar to a deity, or you can make it a working altar with representations of the elements, however you want to do that. Um, but that's, that's how most people start. That's certainly how I started mm. is the top of my dresser as an altar. Same. Yep. Ditto. <laughs> mm -hmm. Using it right now. In fact, right. Yep. yep exactly. And how, do you think how, it's helpful Sorry. No, Do you think no, it's helpful ahead. to have it in the bedroom? I mean, you want it like typically in a room you're probably in every day, right? Well, when I started, I did not have my own apartment. I had roommates. Mm. And so my default was I, I couldn't really put it in the living room because mm -hmm. it wasn't my roommates weren't, you know, witchy, yeah, right? Public. <laughs> and it was also my personal altar. Mm. Right. Oh, okay. Yep. So I wasn't sharing this practice with the people that I lived with. Mm -hmm. Now that my husband and I are doing it and we share our practice, we share the magic room and we have our own, you know, shared practice. Mm. Um, so that's something to consider is um, where you would put it is based on that. Yeah. So I had it in my bedroom because it was my personal practice and I didn't share that practice with the other people I lived with. Hmm. Whether you're married, regardless of your relationship with those people, that's probably one of the determining factors. Sure. Um, uh, your question was where, um, where did I put it? So I, I put it in my own bedroom for that reason. Certainly it could be anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. I also liked it in my bedroom because it was personal. And if my parents, like, let's say I wasn't really out about being a witch, mm -hmm. um, I could put it in a place that was easy to keep private and away from uh, disparaging eyes. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Very good. Yeah. Just something to consider. Thank you for yeah. that. All right. So how, what's a dedicated space for crafting? I mean, right now I just have my crafting bag hanging off the back of my doorknob in the bedroom. I would say the knitting bag is the dedicated knitting space, at least step one. Um, it houses, you know, your project that you're working on currently, all the yarn probably for the project, maybe any um, relevant notions, certainly does for me. Um, and then, you know, that that becomes like basically your mobile altar almost for making. Um, you can take it anywhere. It protects your project. Um, it keeps it contained in its own way, even if it's not like contained in a room. Um so yeah, I would say step one for making and knitting in general would be like the project bag is sort of your yeah. dedicated space. Hey, Magical Makers. Are you looking for a fun summertime project? Try my No Sweat Mason Cozies, now available in two different sizes. You can save 50% on this pattern through July 31st by using the code KNITASPELL, that's all one word, on Ravelry at checkout. 
These beverage covers not only keep your hands dry, they're also a fun way to identify whose drink belongs to who. Cheers! Hey Jim, let's talk about a palm reading for a sec. Oh yeah, my favorite topic. So I don't think a lot of people necessarily think of getting a palm reading, uh, but my palm reading with you was awesome and it actually helped with a lot of preconceived notions that I had of the craft before now. Oh. You had preconceived notions about palmistry? What were yeah. they? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm pretty literal. So I thought having a short lifeline might mean you have a short life. Right. And that a star on your palm is bad. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Both of those are common. You know, a short lifeline does not mean a short life. It actually means a life of uh, connection with the divine and learning and creating type of life. And a star in your palm is a sign of spiritual gift. Those are two things that are dispelled right away. I know there's a lot of things on the palm that people yeah. think are good or bad, right? There's nothing inherently negative in your palm. You can use all the tools, all the markings. They are associated with your strengths, your personality, and things you can use in your life. Absolutely. I really love that modern take on palmistry, and it actually really resonated in my reading. I think everyone would enjoy a reading from you. And dear listener, if you too would like a fantastic experience that offers insight, direction, and clarity, I highly suggest booking a session with my dear friend, James Divine, and you can find more information at thedivinedhand.com. Where do people go from there? Like, what's the next thing that... Like, and, and what is it that has me move outside of a project bag? Mm -hmm. What well, has me be like, I need a shelf or I need a cubby or something. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're like me, um, you uh, obtain a lot of yarn and then you quickly realize you need an organizational situation to make this not look like a hoarding issue. Uh, because if it's organized, it's a collection. But if it's in a pile, mm, <laughs> at least that's what I always told myself. Oh, so hi, me, wait a minute. I just realized something. Hmm? There's a big bag blob next to Richard's side of the bed. Oh, I think it's yarn. Well, there may be a yarn shelf in your future. That was next step for me. <laughs> oh, I think we do need a yarn shelf. Well, allow me to recommend what probably every knitter at this point has uh, uh, upgraded to, which is the IKEA cubby shelves for yarn. <laughs> every oh. yarn store, I think, has them as their main staple for organization because it's really great to uh, like layer hanks on top of each other. Um, so for me, that was my next step. It was uh, a shelf, a cabinet, something to house the yarn because that was quickly becoming something that was taking up more space than like the needles that I would procure with them or, you know, buttons or notions things. So yeah, a larger shelf probably for yarn would be the next biggest step. What about for Got it. Or, uh, Got magic? It. Yeah. Oh, for magic. Okay. Probably similar. so. Okay, so what happens when, how do I know I'm ready to move beyond the top of my dresser? Mm. You know, similarly, you start to procure oils and mm. herbs, and you decide you're going to do a little project, like make your own incense or make mm. or do a candle magic spell or something that takes up a little more space than the top of your dresser, and you're mm. using either the kitchen table or you're using um, your, you know, makeup table or, or your other little shelf or something in the house or in your mm -hmm. bedroom. And 
you know, you've laid out a sheet uh, or a tablecloth on top of your bed and you're mixing herbs or you're doing something and then you have to clean all that up and you're like frustrated, mm -hmm. right? And so this is when um, you start to think about another option, which is sometimes like a little cabinet or a roll top desk or mm. something. I've seen people do different things. If there's a closet available or if there's something else, um, you start to just feel like I need more space than just the top of my dresser mm. for the rest of my crafting or herbs or oils or things that I have. Um, and so that's where that starts to graduate into and, and folks have, you know, often they have either a part of their closet or a part of something where they start to like put stuff and, and need a space to do that. <clears throat> and as, as people move into, you know, their own space or you start to make decisions on where you live based on, is there space for my craft? Yep. Right. <laughs> at least for witchcraft. And I am pretty sure I've seen people make decisions on where they live based on their craft craft. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Craft room. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, as many dream of like an entire like attic floor studio of like a yarn establishment and inspirational place. But you know, I'm just contained to the one room, which is great more than what a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, I think uh, the next step is definitely moving out into probably more of a room. Because <laughs> then your one cabinet becomes two cabinets. And then you need some things to, you know, oh, maybe I want to purposefully display some things that look nice, um, as opposed to just, um, you know, having them hidden away, you want them out because now you're making the room to be like your aesthetic inspiration as well. But you um, want to be able to shop from your own house. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to have to clean up after um, every night's spell work, even if you're not done. Same with making, especially with like, I mean, knitting and sewing back when I used to do that, it would always drive me nuts when I would have a shared space and I would have to clean up the project every night. It felt like such a waste of time. Um, and also it felt like it stunted the progress, you know, having to go through that extra prog uh, part to redo it, you know, um, it, it sort of like stopped the energy flow. So again, having this room just keep keeps it going, keeps the whole energy in there without you having to like close it up. Right. Well, that's really true with uh, uh, magical work. I mean, a lot of times you're doing some kind of magical work over several days. Mm. And so having a space where you can burn a candle. Now you don't ever burn a candle unattended, right. but that you're doing a working, you're leaving the, you know, the, the platter or, you know, the, the candles on a plate and you're burning it over several days at a time, mm. you know, and leaving that up, you know, that's something where you want a space to be able to do that. Or you have some other thing that's, you know, in progress, you can't dismantle it every day and reassemble it, right? You want mm -hmm. that to stay assembled and do it over time. So for sure, as the collection of magical stuff and things come together, you start to think about like a craft room and we call our room a craft room, just like a crafter does, right? It's, there you go. And it's kind of cute because when we say, um, oh yeah, we have a really marvelous craft room. Of course, people <laughs> think about it like, oh, what are the crafts you do? Mm -hmm. And well. I, just, I just, you know, giggle. 
inside. <laughs> Her- herbalism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little magic. Yeah, yeah, that old thing. <laughs> that old thing. Um, so that's, you know, one of the things is the um, moving into the room. And it's important to think about, I think probably very similarly, is how are we going to use the room? Mm-hmm. For us, we want the room to be enough space to move in. We want to be able to actually circle in with people in the room to be in the space, right? Mm-hmm. So unlike certain rooms that I've seen where you would maybe have a, a table in the center, like your sewing machine might be in the middle with a large sort of like working yep. counter space and then maybe counter and shelving around, like there isn't a need to like move or circle around with humans, mm-hmm. alter in the center or on the side. You know, we want an open space in the center so that we have space to like, actually circle with humans. And so that's one of the considerations. Our room is a little bit small to be able to do that Mm. um, with our group, but that is the ultimate dream is to have a room large enough to be able to, you know, actually physically circle, you know, uh, create a circle of people and to form that. So interesting. I never kind of thought that the magical part would be potentially more social than the crafting part it's because of the way you're you just uh detailed like the way you would use the space i would never consider like oh let's have 12 crafters over and we'll all craft together i mean i guess you could that would be technically like a knitting circle but for me i'm like oh no that would be so distracting for me to have that because it would turn into more of a social event i think for knitters well (laughs) for us i think that's the intent you have to go in with but (laughs) well that's because we're running a coven Right. And so when we, when we run a coven, it's the coven comes over and we, you know, do coven things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I guess most people would probably be working on their individual craft where you guys are working together usually. Right. Yeah. So if we're doing a solitary practice, you know, Mm -hmm. a room can work perfectly for a solitary or a couple that is doing magic together. Uh, The room is the size of a bedroom Mm -hmm. and that works perfectly fine. But if you're going to assemble a coven of 10 to 13 people, then, you know, having a space that's big enough for 10 to 13 people to gather and circle up, um, it isn't really a social event. It's a magical event, Mm -hmm. but having a temple, you know, large enough to do that is a dream. But that gets us to like, that really does get us to the ultimate emanation of a magical space, Mm -hmm. which is like the church, the temple, the store, the type of thing, right? Like I always dream of having like witchcraft, witchcraft shop in the front, Mm. magical temple in the back and the, and the Zodiac club in the basement. Oh. Right. Yes. And a sick Airbnb in the top. In the top. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like a haunted Airbnb in the top. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's like this ultimate fantasy of like, you know, and then of course the associated, you know, 500 acres out in the like, you know, wilderness to do retreats and like, you know. Yes, forage I, in the land. This is exactly, actually, almost very similar to what I want as well, which is tons of land and the, uh, you know, the ability to have people out for retreats, uh, knitting and making. That's actually a huge thing for us too. Having goats, having sheep, you know, all of the yeah. relevant material. Oh, I can't wait. Five year plan. This could right? all work. This is our five year plan. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So what we'll is tied all together? <laughs> so the ultimate is like, I mean, I have a friend 
who lives in a house that has this attic that you're describing. She does felting. She's my friend who felts cashmere sweaters that she gets from uh, from thrift stores. And she has organized them by color on these shelves. Mm. It's the most satisfying attic to walk into. It's absolutely divine. And she's a tremendously cool human being. So this whole attic is like an L-shaped attic. It's absolutely amazing to walk into. But it is kind of like walking, like the same feeling you get when you walk into a store that's really well merchandised, mm-hmm. where you have like yarns organized and and crafts organized by color or by they're organized in some way, either by uh, by manufacturer or by uh, material, or and yeah. then they're by color, and you're just mm. like there's something so satisfying about that ombre effect of like the colors. It sure is yes. Oh my God. I don't know why, but it's so good. Yeah. Is that the ultimate for the craft room? Is that the craft room becomes? I think so. Yeah. It becomes, you know, your inspirational space and it becomes um, sort of a reflection of your own aesthetic too, which is something we were talking about earlier. Um, You know, it's how do you want to display things? What type of things do you want to display? It just depends on, you know, what your focus is and whatnot. Um, I always really liked organizing things by weight of yarn because I wanted to be able to just, okay, I want this thickness. I already know my head, shawl, whatever, and I just want to be able to grab it. But again, you know, it's going to be very personal. Um, yeah, and I I mean, I would love to have just the a perfectly um, merchandised room where no customers come to like smash right into the up. yarn. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, Jim, having worked at a yarn store, when I would Wait, mop. What do customers do? That uh, is the most annoying thing. They shop there. <laughs> I mean, you said something about, do they yes, poke? So what is it? I, I used to liken it to watching uh, The Price is Right. There was a game called Punch a Bunch, and you would punch through uh, these little like paper holes and there would be like prizes inside and so what i always found that customers would do when they came into the yarn store is you would just finish organizing a cubby it was beautiful maybe it was by color they're all stacked perfectly they're even it's wonderful and it just drives customers they see it they see the perfection and then suddenly they need to put their whole hand in it and it's just destroyed (laughs) but it's because i know it was so enticing that you just have to get all in there but you know as the person organizing it i was like no (laughs) oh i thought i thought maybe customers would smash like hanks of yarn oh well they kind of smash their face in them a little bit that's similar (laughs) right (laughs) the smell the feel it's all part of the tactile experience. Oh my God. So yep. funny. <laughs> well, so what is your suggestions for folks? Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's your, would... so if they, you know, where do they start? If someone wants to create a space mm-hmm. for their crafting, what is, where do they start? Uh, I think like anything, starting small is the key. You know, don't, don't overwhelm yourself with, you know, you have a dream, perhaps of a craft room or something in the future. But, you know, you got to get steps to get there. Um, And one of those steps is starting small and not overspending, perhaps, you know, using your uh, imagination on different ways that you can maybe save money or um, obtain certain things without it being, you know, like full price 
out there or investing in a million things. Um, I know you had a really good suggestion. I'm excited for you to share as well. I mean, I agree 100% with what you said is um, we live in a society that is driven by out of control consumerism Hmm. and we don't need to fall into that trap ourselves. We can use what we have. Mm-hmm. You, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are already a crafter and probably have a lot of stuff mm-hmm. already that you can use what you have, even if, and, and find, try to emulate and bring up that inspiration to use things you already have. What if it was buy nothing month and you just had to, the creative constraint was use what you have. What could you make? Could you make yep. something amazing? Could you make something out of just remnants? And what would it be like to knit something or craft something out of the remnants of stuff that you have, right? Whatever your craft is. Mm -hmm. And so with magic, this is similar, right? You can start with what you have and um, with things that you have lying around the house. You can also then, the next step is thrift stores are a great way to reuse Mm things that already ex- that are already out there. Yes. So you can go to a thrift store and maybe it was a candelabra with three with a place for three candles mm-hmm. before. And when you see it, it becomes a place for a candle that represents the goddess, a candle that represents the god, mm-hmm. and a candle that represents the fae. Right? Maybe there's a candelabra that has Maybe it was an advent wreath, right? With four candles right in it. Well, now you have uh, candles for the four elements, right? Yes. Maybe it's a um, little ceramic bowl that doesn't really seem to have a purpose. It's too small to be anything that you could eat out of. Mm. It's too big. It, it just is this weird size. It's too big to really be, you know, uh, can't something. Like a little Maybe you could put some up. sand in it and it's a sensor for your incense, right? Oh. Now you're starting to see things. Maybe you see this weird pot and it has three feet. It's ceramic. It has a lid and two handles. That's a cauldron, right? Oh. Maybe it's from the 70s and it's brown. And it, you know, was sold as a um, as a Dutch oven of some kind, but you can use it as a magical cauldron for for purposes, right? Mm-hmm. So you start to see things at the uh, second at the thrift stores, and with the right kind of eyes, you start to see them as magical tools that you can buy for pennies, oh, yeah. fractions of a penny on the dollar. Um, this rings again very true with the crafting arena or na- knitting making because. Very similarly, you can find, if you're willing to put in a little bit of work sometimes, really amazing finds at like thrift store, secondhand store, consignment store that are, you know, like maybe really ugly, outdated cashmere sweaters. But guess what? That is full of yarn. And there are so many tutorials and things online to show you how to undo all of the yarn and you could repurpose that into something brand new. It's easy to launder. Um, it's going to be way, way, way more inex- or inexpensive than buying it, you know, brand new. Um, and plus you're doing a good service to the world by reusing something, you know? Right. Well, um, that's my friend buys cashmere sweaters, felts yep. them in an old recycled reused washing machine. Perfect. 
she washes cashmere on hot water in mm-hmm. an old washing machine. The sweater shrinks like crazy and felts itself. Now she has fabric that she can cut into anything. She makes stuffed animals for babies. She makes hats. She makes other sweaters out of it. She makes patchwork quilts. Mm. And cashmere. And because it's felted, it kind of has this squish factor that is unbelievably satisfying. You can't stop squishing it. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah. And that's, again, it does such a good service um, to reduce, reuse, recycle, all that. Um, And proves our point that, again, you don't have to spend a million dollars to get something really nice if you're as willing to get a little as, creative. As bougie as cashmere, baby. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it's available, just maybe not where you expect. So, Well, it's no longer available in Seattle because my friend has purchased all of the cashmere at every <laughs> thrift right. store, so you can no longer find it. <laughs> That's right. And now that everyone's listened to this, they also will be the person buying all the cashmere. Right. So good on so, you. So yeah, my friend is like, thanks, Jim, for ruining it for me (laughs) you just outed me that's right oh my goodness oh well this has been so inspiring i actually now i'm like i want to go and reorganize my room again (laughs) yeah and that's the thing we talk about organization i think one of the things that i also would say is be intentional right Mm. so one of the things that is important is the spiritual hygiene of your space is to be intentional about your space if you leave your space, and one of the things about a room is out of sight, out of mind. You close the door, and when you go in there and it's a mess, you're like, oh, forget it, and you close mm. the door again, right? Yep. Well, that's important. You got to get in there and make it yours and make, you know, aesthetics are important. Yes. Aesthetics are inspiring. If you make it beautiful, if you make it nice, if you organize it and clean it to the level at which it's enjoyable to you, it doesn't need to be perfect. I'm not saying you need to, you know, buy into all that sort of patriarchal BS, but make it something awesome for you that you really love being in. That's important because you're creating magic, whether it's crafting or witchcrafting, Mm -hmm. you are really accessing your imagination. Imagination is a fragile thing. You know, it's like, it's like beautiful tissue paper laying on water. The minute you touch the water, it's going to, you know, totally dissolve. Mm. And so, you know, the aesthetics really help keep it together. So I really uh, encourage people to consider aesthetics when setting up their altar, when setting up their spaces, when Mm. keeping their spaces organized. Our space could use with a little organization, as you saw, right? It still has an aesthetic and Mm -hmm. it's a little like it's messiness is sort of an aesthetic in a way. I agree. agree. You know, it's got a little bit of that, like, you know, the wizards have been working. Mm. It's it's a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The wizards are kind of messy in this space. (laughs) They're very active around here. Yeah. Um, But it could be organized a little better. So Mm -hmm. the answer is also often not more storage space. Every time that we say, I just need more storage. No, get rid of crap. (laughs) Yes. Be discerning. I mean, that's good for literally everything. Life, magic, making, (laughs) be discerning. Yeah. If it, if it's a clutter and you don't need it, if it's old, get rid of it. I know we talked about this in our retrograde episode, but it still applies. Yeah. It's, 
same for um, the crafting room. If it's messy, because, you know, I have threads everywhere and there's stuff everywhere, I'm not going to be inspired to go in there. Um, so having a little bit of, uh, f like, I guess, I don't know, forward thinking to uh, prepare it for your future self to be a little bit nicer is a nice gift, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cleaning, hygiene, spiritual hygiene, physical hygiene, the hygiene for your room. Those are important things. And they're, you know, they really bring some great energy, yep. some freshness, some inspiration. Yep. If you're not inspired to go into the room, nothing's going to happen with your right your magic or your making. Yep. So, yep, you got to help help the space be worth the making. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Well, what else? Is there anything else we can give for people as a little uh, background of things? I want people to make a sp make their space, own their space, mm -hmm. and be in it. And Big um, or small. You know, however that is. And let us know. You know, comment, review this episode. Let us know in your review mm -hmm. on this episode whether it worked for you or not. Um, send us a drop us a DM on Instagram at Light from Lantern or at Knit a Spell. Mm -hmm. You can email us, you can contact us. Yep. Share us or I would love photographs of your magical space and tag mm -hmm. us on Instagram and let us know, like, were you inspired to create a magical space or a craft space and how did it work out? Oh my yeah. gosh. Both Katie and I will comment on that if you tag us for sure. Absolutely. I love uh, seeing other people's organizational ideas and just craft room spaces in general. They're very inspiring. So yeah, yeah I would love for uh, anyone to tag us. And you can also uh, drop us an email at uh, knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com. I can't wait. You, you got to check out Katie at Light From Lantern. There is some new stuff that is cooking at Light From Lantern. And I want everyone to be subscribing and setting and, and checking her out. So do not miss Katie at light from lantern or on her website, lightfromlantern.com. Oh. Check her out. Well, very similarly, Jim has some very exciting things happening currently and in the future this year. So uh, be sure to catch him on Instagram at divine hand, Jim and on the interwebs at the divine hand.com. Yes, Thanks, Katie. Hey, anytime. I actually uh, was just looking at your uh, more recent newsletter about your class and everything. So if people want, um, you know, advanced knowledge of what's going on with Jim um, in the palmistry realm in general, you should definitely, definitely sign up for his newsletter, which you can find again at thedivinehand.com. Oh, well, wonderful. I hope this inspired people. Um, I look forward to becoming inspired by uh, our listeners' ideas. And uh, yeah, until next week, Jim, have a great See you week. in this magical space next week. That's right. We'll see you then. This episode is a wrap. If you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. And don't forget, you can see full video episodes of Knit a Spell on Light from Lantern's YouTube channel. <laughs>